declaring our independence with our friend Tim Pachote, the LibertyAdvisor.com. Liberty Advisor to what? Keeping your money. Well, all this is going to be about somebody's money, and a lot of it would be my money. I like my money. I want to keep my money. And if you want to keep your money, well, you might want to talk to Tim Pachote, the LibertyAdvisor.com. Now, Tim's been a regular on the show, and uh, uh, we, we pay attention to what he has to say, and he you know, likes listening to me and Frank yell at each other. But <laughs> what we want to talk about, we've had the recent announcements by uh, President Biden this last week of we're going to comply or die from something, you know, and we have the economics of the situation. We got, you know, uh, something's about ready to break every single indicator of all the big banks and and uh, advisors and Wall Street gurus and everything going Something wicked this way comes, and uh, it's here. Nobody's paying attention. Stock market is up. They're doing I, what's going on. We're going to find out. Tim Pachote, welcome back to the show, Tim. Well, thank you for having me. And yeah, you, you have pointed out correctly that I mean, just in mainstream, mainstream, mainstream uh, media everywhere is talking about you know there's a potential crash coming. Like whether it's like Market Watch or CNBC or all these different banks that keep putting it out there. So. Uh, it almost makes you seem like that there's like not going to be a crash or they're just going to, or they're going to be, you know, a 10, 15% crash and they're going to use that to then print more money or justification to not have to taper their bond purchases. Cause I mean, they're still, the Fed is still printing $120 billion a month. And so even if the market does go down 10, 15%, they're going to come in as, you know, the heroes and the saviors and then probably start pumping it back up. And then the market will probably still go up, but it's going up based upon a weakened, Dollars. So, I mean, if you're denominating the stock market in Bitcoin, it's already completely crashed or any crypto, really. Uh, you know, so it just depends on like, what you're denominating it in. So, I mean, if you keep printing trillions of dollars and you're making the dollars worth less and less and less, well, then you can make the case for the stock market going to infinity price in dollars. But, you know, it's not the same when you look at, you know, 2008 environment and how much money was in the economy then versus how much money's in the, well, I hate even saying like economy, you know, in the system now versus system back then. It's completely apples and oranges. And, you know, this is a big week for, you know, anniversaries. And I know that, uh, actually, it's my grandparents' anniversary on September 11th. But, you know, a lot of people are thinking September 11th. Well, it was the week of September 11th two years ago is when, you know, really my spidey senses, your spidey senses, you know, probably some of our, you know, listeners over here, spidey senses were going off when the repo market started crashing. And that, and this is like basically the two year anniversary of that going down. It was this week, two years ago. And to me, uh, you know, one of the reasons why I started doing podcasts wasn't so I could get big and famous and people could, you know, recognize me and deal with all that stuff. Not that that like really ever happens, but, uh, it was mainly so that way there's like a record of what was going on. Cause like things are moving so fast. It's like, so, you already forget so much more. Uh, you know, there's been so much bullshit going on then, but then there's been so much bullshit in the last two years that I've already forget, forgotten so much. So a lot of the shows that I did two years ago and John Snyson and I did two years ago. Uh, and I remember I did one even with like Mark edge breaking down the whole repo crisis. You know, those are great to go back to, to then see exactly what was going on because you know, they were having, uh, and, and again, I'm just going off the cuff right now. I don't have the exact numbers. Like all of a sudden, it was like $200 billion a day repos, $400 billion a day repos, $500 billion a day okay, repos. Before you go further, billion. go ahead and explain repos. Because this is what happened. I remember it was September, October of 19 is when Donna and I arrived, you know, made the decision that we're going to hit the road. I go, this. I can see where this is going. When the Federal Reserve 
gets all of a sudden within months, it was 40% of all mortgages were on their balance sheet. I'm like, what the hell? They're not even supposed to have anything. And they got all our mortgages? This is not going to end well. And this is the beginning. I knew it was going to be stimulating. I don't give a crap what Trump supporters were saying was going to happen. They're going to be dumping some money. And trust the plan, Ernie. Trust the plan. <laughs> trust the plan. Well, the plan was to dump some money, and you got to have a warp speed vaccine. So I'm. Um, you got to explain to the people so we all understand what this means. The repo window, the Federal Reserve, the overnight lending. Give us a basic, bare bones understanding of what the hell uh, we're talking about. Well, back in the olden days of about a year year ago, a year and a half ago, uh, <laughs> banks would have to have about ten percent reserves on on their balance sheet. You know, for every dollar that they lend out, meaning they can lend out ten. And so some banks, and they try to manage this very closely because if you have, you know, there's no sense of having twenty percent reserves if you only need tanks and you're losing money. So the banks try to get this, you know, very very close. But some banks will have like eleven percent. Some banks will have nine percent. I should have made nine eleven. Uh, and then so basically the bank that has nine needs to go borrow an extra percent. And so they'll basically then borrow it from the bank that has one percent too much, or you know, in, in theory. So then that way they both balance out the ten, and then they would start charging each other. You know, usually usually. It's like the Fed funds, right? So that's usually very close to that. So, I mean, it was basically at the time, I think the interest rates were higher. So this was, uh, I think it was like maybe 1.25. Anyways, it's very, very low. And what had happened, and I'm trying to do this off memory, is that I believe at one, like, and so the thing is like now basically the banks go to the Federal Reserve directly to go get those loans, but it's sort of like a, uh, like a scarlet letter uh, if you are the one that's going, if you're the bank that's in trouble, that has to go to uh, to the Federal Reserve. And so what some of these banks decided to do is that they actually paid, I want to say that there was one bank that we don't even know what it is, paid like 11% in the overnight market, like it briefly, t- like it was crazy. They paid like 11%. Now, this would be annualized over a year. It didn't go on for a year because the Fed bailed them out immediately. But I believe it was like right around like 11% that one bank paid in an annualized basis to borrow money overnight, which... They could have went to the Fed and done it at like 1.25, but instead they went and did it for like nine or 10 or 11% somewhere, not doing this off any notes. And so basically that bank chose that they'd rather pay 11% annualized than to borrow money from the Fed at 1.25 than out themselves. And then the Fed basically then came in to, uh, to the rescue. And I'm doing this in air quotes for all the listeners over here, uh, where they then basically let everybody go to the discount window at like stupid rates and, and started letting everyone started borrowing like like and it got up to like it peaked i think like over a trillion and then instead of having like overnight uh lending they started doing like like three days and one week then two then two weeks and one month and two months and it was just and i think there was like back to back like one or two months again you have to like go back to the shows they were doing at the time because well, so are they much- now back to overnight or not no they don't even have they don't, earn, they don't even have to hold on to any fucking money anymore. That's why I said the olden days, because I can actually show you the clip that one of my, uh, when Luke and I were doing videos and I said, I, you know, hey, I can't find this clip and somebody sent it to me. There's a clip of Jerome Powell saying, well, the banks don't even have to hold on any money in reserves. So they don't even do repos anymore. And now they do reverse repos where they are like all lending money to the banks to then get, cl- it's it's all like so messed up. And, and that's sort of complicated. And now we just go back to some shows that John and I did. You know, when that was really kind of going big. But yeah, they yeah don't even you know, I remember those. talking to John Snyzen, Economic Truth, on this very issue. And he was saying that the Canadian banks don't even have a reserve requirement. And um, neither do we anymore. 
So not we, he's, he's saying we, but yeah, we don't have that anymore. Yeah, you know, he was saying this because when this happened, I'm going, look, I, I can see where this is going because this is what happened in 08 when uh, Lehman Brothers couldn't borrow the money to meet their overnight. I think this is what triggered the whole thing. And uh, so now we got the Federal Reserve going, whoa, 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 whoa. We, we discovered the, you know, the chink in the armor here. We're just going to make sure that doesn't happen. I don't know what the hell else there. You know, this is just this is just training. You know, for they, them, those to, you know, fill in the holes and the gaps of how much longer we can keep this, you know, spinning. So what they did is they said, well, we'll be the bank of last resort. You can borrow from us. That'd be kind of a, you know, a demerit you get because uh, you're you're not solvent enough. You're having to go. Nobody else will lend to you. So the bank of last resort will be the Federal Reserve kind of thing. And then once they started, knew they could do that, woo, they all lined up. Okay. So what happens? They take what they know is going to be an underperforming or bad stuff. They would go out and borrow money from the Fed, get this, and go buy a bunch of crap. Then, you know, um, get dollar for dollar on it, get the cash, and then now it's on the Fed's balance sheet. I mean, this is so primed for an enormous bankruptcy of freaking everything. I, I, I don't know what else to call it. This is just juggling Freaking watermelons. I mean, you know, they're sooner or later, it's all going to come crashing down. And when they did this, it was a neon flashing light of it's going to happen. So I'm like, look, we need to get small. We need to get out, you know, amongst the people. I want to confirm my bias. I want to know, are rural Americans going to buy all this stuff? Do they understand what's going on? Then, as we're getting ready to do that, COVID hits. So here comes the COVID. And they go, ooh, man, we got us, we got to, we got to do us some stimulus now. We got us a good reason now. We're going to, and them Chinese did it, you know, while Fauci's helping. So I'm just, this was so baked in the cake. How they did it wasn't as certain as they were going to do it. Well, we knew from 09 during the uh, Obama administration when we started the category vaccines and vaccinations that they were going to do this pandemic thing. It was clear that that was what they wanted to do. They're at least testing it or getting ready to pull the trigger. When they do it, and they finally, and this was after, you know, um, the 2008, you know, crash and so on. Well, they got it on pennies on the dollar up to 11, and now they're building it up again. Then they're going to do it again. And when it crashes this time, it's going to be substantial. How do you see this manifesting itself on the stock market or, or with values or equities or, or uh, bail? I mean, what's going to happen economically in America, the world? This is not just an American thing. This is a world thing. So what, how do you see this playing out, Tim? I mean, it sort of depends on what you mean by it when it goes down. And so you can actually have the stock market going to infinity because the bigger bubble is the hyper debt bubble that we have. And so the, you know, maybe the worst case scenario for the average, you know, you know, proletariat out there is actually that, I mean, you could have the stock market go to a million, 10 million, 20 million, but yet, you know, it costs, you know, a hundred dollars for a loaf of bread. Uh, and I think that that's more along the lines of trajectory of like, the more like rosy case scenarios that you're going to have a hyper inflated and we already do, uh, but you're going to have, you know, an extreme hyperinflation in, you know, different equity markets and in different, uh, you know, cause it's like if you're playing the game monopoly and all of a sudden you start giving everybody every 20 minutes, another thousand dollars on the board, all of a sudden, you know, you can start bidding up park place and start bidding up the other places. It's like, well, Hey, all these 
you know, properties or, you know, Marvin Gardens should only be $260 and now someone's paying, you know, $5,000 for it. Well, now there's, you know, we started off the game with $2,000 on the board and now there's $500,000 on the board. And so you get, so you got to start throwing around, you know, the money to get the actual places because it's the money losing value. Uh, now I had sort of thought that we'd have like a, first like a deflationary like stock market type 2008 crash and that would be long and protracted and and i got I, I got this part wrong i'll admit it uh where i thought it would be you know at least take three four or five maybe even 10 years 15 years to get out of that and so you know sort of you know what happened in 2020 when you know it really, we were only down for like two months and then all of a sudden we shot right back up uh, and at least the stock market did is because, you know, no one gave a shit when all of a sudden the Fed starts, you know, having these like multi-trillion dollar plans and they start, I mean, most people don't even know that, like, what was it at Jackson hole in 2019, uh, BlackRock gave a presentation on things the federal reserve would have to do. And then lo and behold, like a few months later, uh, they start rolling out the, you know, the, all the 20, the, uh, the repo stuff we're just talking about. Then they start, then BlackRock literally gets to act as the, as the middleman, then offload their own. Yeah, you don't need somebody to do this, man. We gave you. <laughs> so they got paid. So they got to offload their basically all the bullshit on their balance sheets to the Federal Reserve while getting a brokerage commission in the middle for offloading their their ETFs directly. But it wasn't directly to the Fed. It was to like a special purpose vehicle that the Federal Reserve created to get around some rule that you're not allowed to do that. And so it's blatantly illegal. I was talking about it in the 2020 Anarchapoco speech that I've mentioned a bunch of times where I had said one of the biggest things that's going to happen during this next crash is you're going to have 40, 50% of these bonds that are investment grade bonds that are uh, about 40% of them are triple B. A, a huge amount of those are probably going to go from triple B to at least double B, maybe even B, uh, then maybe even to the C's. And, but the thing is like, if you're an investment grade bond fund, and your triple B bond goes to double B, you've got to then sell that. And then that selling is going to create more forced selling and it's going to create like a Mad Max uh, complete wipeout. And so maybe the Federal Reserve was listening to that presentation and decided, hey, we'd get ahead of this by actually buying up the bonds. And so, you know, so the bigger thing almost to look at rather than the stock market is what's going on in the bond market, what's going on with like the 10 year treasury. I mean, obviously they're like manipulating that, but, you know, okay, no, wait, 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 wait. This is based on. <clears throat> them having to liquidate this stuff is based on its ranking. So the ratings that it gets from Moody's and uh, you know uh, S and P and Fitch, they come out and they say, "Well, this is rated rank this," and you can pay as much money. We can rank it whatever the hell you want, you know. And you know when it has to be, you know, uh, sold, it's because there's some law requirement for these big pension funds or, you know, the teachers union of California of whatever the hell, and they have to have, it can only be triple a or at least double. Well, they've got guidelines. So, I mean, if you're, if you're in an investment grade bond fund, I mean, all you can hold is investment grade bonds. And now all of a sudden, if you, those holdings are not investment grade, you've got to offload those, but then you've got like everyone else offloading at the same time. No, exactly. who's going to step this in to buy. Now, this is my point. If you have these large, you know, the, the largest funds, these, uh, I don't know, money market, fund, whatever funds that are out there with big, giant, humongous boatloads of pension retirement for the future municipal employee money. And they go, you know what? You have to sell these because now they're rated crap. Well, then they have to sell them. And everybody else has to sell them. And who's going to buy them? Well, they'll go down to nothing. Then you'll have 
some bank or group or Federal Reserve, somebody will buy them, then they just change the rating again, or they'll do something, then they go up and back and forth. This is enormous opportunity for manipulation. How far off am I? Oh, it's not an enormous opportunity. It is. It is direct manipulation. That we would have already had the scenario where we could go in and buy the land for next to nothing. We would have already had the Chicago pension system collapsing and the probably the California pension system collapsing and the Mad Max environment and all that stuff would have already happened. You know, I mean, because what they did in 2019, when we started talking about the repo, that was like one. You know, trick up the sleeve, then coming in and buying up all the bonds while, you know, you know, all the Trumpers like, oh, trust the plan. This is all part of the plan. And, you know, Jerome Paul is some good guy over here. Uh, and so we, we basically just wasted the entire time Trump was in there. Like we held off some of the tyranny, but yet we've never got more tyranny in my lifetime than underneath Trump. So, I mean, I'm sort of, you know, disgruntled about that. But yeah, we would have already seen the opportunities to come in and swoop up some of these assets at better prices. So they, we don't have a free market and that's not really news to anyone listening to this right now. Uh, but it's just like, what other, so if you want to know where we're going, it's, they're going to keep doing this crap. And yeah, okay. They might start tapering again in a few months. I mean, Goldman Sachs came out recently and said that the feds probably going to start tapering in a few months and it'll end in July. Tapering. What does tapering mean? They're going to stop. I mean, right now they're buying like $120 billion in bonds a month. And so, you know, tapering might mean that the next month you buy 110, then 105, then 100, then 95, then 50, then eventually get back down to zero. And which they were doing in uh, October 2018. So this is a, so like, we're basically like working backwards over here of like all the bullshit that they've done. So like, if you go back to 2018, they were not only were they tapering that they were actually selling bonds. So they started off selling like, 10 billion and 20 billion and 30 billion and 40 billion and 50 billion. And so every, and, and they were going to cap it at 50 billion. And so every quarter they're stepping up 10 billion. And then, uh, it was supposed to culminate in October of 2018. And I mean, I can't tell you how many different podcasts I had saying that this is going to be the time. This is going to be the time. And then as soon as it hit, that's sure as shit. That's right. When everything started collapsing, if you guys go back to 20 October, 2018 stock market was down 20%. And that's when they, you know, they had, uh, you know, Mnuchin coming out with the plunge protection team, like right around New Year's Eve or December 26th or something like that. And they had the whole cavalry come in and they stopped all their um, plans to keep. Because if you go back to, I believe all this really kicked off October 4th, 2018. I'm doing this off the top of my head. And it was October 3rd, 2018 that Jerome Powell came out and said, we're on autopilot with the Federal Reserve and every quarter we're just going to keep raising rates by quarter because this is, you know, the greatest economy in the history of the world. And, you know, everyone listening to this right now, we're all calling bullshit on that. And, but then the thing is, like, they use the, getting up to, so instead of selling $50 billion of bonds a month, we're now buying $120 billion. I mean, and so, I mean, so the average person has no idea like how all this stuff like unfolded and there's already so much of it I've forgotten. I mean, this is all like off the top of my head, but there's just been so many different like rabbits that they keep pulling out of their hats. And so they're going to keep doing this and they're going to keep inflating the financial assets. And so we might not see a 2008 type crash, but you're going to see people getting poor and poor and poor because, you know, if you're making $40,000 a year, now you're making 42, but everything you bought, uh, all your food. I don't know if you saw this clip. There was a clip about a week ago where one of Biden's stooges is like, well, if you don't count, you know, beef and poultry and eggs and meat and this and that, you know, the inflation in the grocery store is actually not that bad. Uh, oh, really? If you don't, if you don't count anything you fucking buy, then in the store for food, then it's not that bad. Uh, and, and then, you know, he's got his other economists out there and Biden's like, well, according to my economist, uh, you know, if you, 
you know, it's, it, I, I see no, we see no correlation in between, you know, people getting paid more not to work than to work, according to my economists. And so it's just like all the, but the thing is, all this stuff is so blatantly in your face and like, like everything they're doing in the press conference. I know I'm bouncing around over here. I'm like a madman, but you know, everything that's going on, it's so in your face now that's like really galvanizing the support. I mean, the vaccines used to be such a hard subject to bring up. I mean, you had the balls to bring it up. You know, lots of other people, I guess, did. I mean, I guess not lots of other people, but uh, it wasn't really an issue I ever talked about a lot, uh, even though I was I was against it. But now it's just like they've, you know, they pissed me off. And this is obviously a whole big scam. I mean, they've already, you know, vaccinated all my grandparents, vaccinated, you know, large swaths of my family where, you know, they've already, you know, basically indoctrinated them to get, get boosters and more boosters. And it's probably, in my opinion, the vaccinated who, are creating all these, you know, super Delta variants or whatever that are going to be the actual main thing while, you know, you and I and your listeners get blamed for doing all this stuff. And so, but the more that they come out with these, you know, like by the press conference where he's saying, you know, his patience is wearing thin and uh, basically blaming all of us. I mean, it's, it's really, it's, it's like making like our jobs easier to some extent because uh, like now you can talk about vaccines and it's like an issue that people are like, well, you're either willing to hear it or not. Whereas before it was like, no one, no one, no one cared about it. And so, you know, I, I know back like in, you know, March of 2020, when you and Donna were getting ready to roll out and we had that party, uh, where, where, uh, we are your last, your last party over there that, you know, myself, I know some others were like, man, this is like the worst time for Ernie to have to go out and try to tell people about vaccines because no one's going to want to hear it. But in actuality, it was like the most important thing you could be doing. Yeah, no, I, I, they go, Ernie, this is, I go, really? I go, this is the best time. Are you kidding me? I tell you the one reason that, um, you know, I have confidence in a lot of this stuff is just experience. You know, this has been before I've been through this many times, you know, it was, um, you know, we had Ruby Ridge and Waco and Oklahoma City and 9-11 and the financial crashes in the late 80s and the 2000 and then the housing thing. And blah, 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 blah. I mean, it's all the same thing with the same people all the time. And they'll just sit there and BS you right to your face. And that's why <clears throat> you know, I always emphasize the Declaration of Independence and the show's called Declare Your Independence with Ernest Hancock is because it's so clear what the purpose of government is. Defense of individual rights. Doesn't do that. It's time to alter or abolish. It's your right, your duty. And you start to see what is really important. What's their role? The role of the government was not to lock you down. It was to prevent quarantines and lockdowns and shutting your business and all that. The very things that they are doing, they were created to prevent from happening. You know, all this force and coercion and papers and permission slips and everything. And this has been building up layer on layer on layer on layer on layer. And uh, the libertarian, freedom-oriented, voluntarist, anarchist, leave me aloneist people have been going, look, this is not going to go well. This is, they're, they're getting you conned into this. They're getting your mind ready for it. At the same time, they were getting your body ready for it. So this is why all the flu shots for, you know, cheap or nothing. I mean, you know, hell, they could just cover costs, they were happy, because they wanted to get this stuff into your system so that they could really screw with you. And this has been so neon flashing obvious to a lot of us, but to what end? I mean, I, I have a lot of my, you know, uh, contemporaries and peers and friends from back in the early 90s who were activists on this kind of stuff. And when it came to pass and we had that party, I remember it was March, Donna's birthday is March 20th. It was, the, and I flew back from uh, Maine, we were working on the bus getting ready, 
And that was the day that they locked everything down. That morning as I left on Friday the 20th, there were six people on my plane from Maine. Coming across country, almost none. Later, when we went uh, uh, earlier, we went, uh, when was it? We we drove the bus back uh, here to um, Arizona, and there was nobody on the streets in April. I mean, it was, you know, some truckers and our bus. And I mean, across the country, you're going through Minneapolis, St. Paul, and, you know, or uh, through um, St. Louis, and you had the Golden Arch, and nobody's on the road during rush hour. It was amazing. It was like a science fiction movie. And we're going, damn, this is not, if they're capable of doing this, they're going, ooh, look what we can do. Watch, you know, they're nudging each other and go, oh, yeah, watch this. You know, so I, it was obvious to me that people were going to have their patients run really thin. They were not going to see the benefit of wherever it was. And they, them, those were just going to be asking more of them and shutting down business, commerce, and the very people that make this country work. And it's going to be the entrepreneurs and the mom, pa, you know, sole proprietor of restaurant, retail, of whatever, in favor of the big box of something. And this has been so clearly defined. When I got back that night and made it at 11.50, whatever, made it on Donna's birthday, woohoo, skated in, the next day on the 21st is when we had that party. And people were like, and you remember, you were there at the end of the evening. There was a lot of my friends, business associates. We had dentists, doctors, lawyers, professionals, retail outlet owners, a lot of business owners. A lot of my friends I've known over the years are getting near retirement. And now they got to make a decision. Do they stay open? Do they keep their employees? Do they pay? Well, they got some promises, some program that, you know, maybe you'll have to pay it back. Maybe not if you, you know, you know, lick the boot and do exactly what you're told. And they were, is this it, Ernie? And I remember you and Dr. Frank and I and some of the others are around. And uh, one attorney friend of mine, used to be a business partner of mine in the restaurant business. And he goes, is this it, Ernie? Is this what you're talking about? Yeah, this is it. You know, you need to take care of you, man. This isn't going to get better. This isn't going to be just a blip. This isn't going to be. And that was when um, people were very concerned about, well, Ernie, you're heading out into the into the middle of this. And I'm like, yeah, because I need to go see what's really up. And we're going to inspire people with the signs and do some street activism and give people hope because fear kills, hope cures. I mean, we need to you know go out and just demonstrate that there's people out there that understand, but it was always a money thing. This was promoted because they're running to the end of their rope. This is not working. Their control mechanism had to have fear in it. They have to have war. They have to have death and pestilence and whatever. So I was afraid there's going to be, you know, body bags piled up like cordwood, and they did it. Well, they didn't do it. People, you know, uh, uh, got healthier. People, you know... uh, worked on their immune system, or they're just setting you up for when the cordwood bodies start happening, which may be this season. I'm I'm worried that all of this was preparation for the big die-off, a kill-off, or something off, you know? I'm So I need to, is there a timeline economically that you could put to this, or how long they have, or something's going to happen, or they're 
all of a sudden, and they're suppressing silver and gold and other precious metals. You know, uh, crypto, they go into El Salvador, finally get a country, giving it as legal tender. It takes a dump, you know, because they can. You know, they have, I, there, there's something, and it's going to be financial, is going to be the manifestation of this. What signs do we need to watch for, Tim? All right, well, gave me a lot to chew on uh, with that one. But, uh, I mean, basically, we're in a system now that has to keep borrowing from the future. So that's why they have to keep having more wars and keep having more boogeymen because, you know, the day that we stop, you know, robbing our kids and grandchildren and great-great-grandchildren who aren't even alive yet is the day the whole system implodes because we have a debt-based system that needs to have more and more debt just to pay off, uh, you know, basically the other debt that we've already had uh, yeah, accumulated. Yeah, and the, I mean, basically we're not paying off the debt, we're just paying off the interest. And so in terms of timelines, I mean, I don't know if it's as much economic as much as it's... Now, I am, of, if I back things up, I am of the opinion that this whole scamdemic was basically a financial cover-up where they knew all the shit was hitting the fan with everything going on in the repo markets, and they couldn't just come out and say, oh, hey, we want to have, you know, $4.5 trillion to go bail out all the biggest companies in the world and, and institutions in the world and governments of the world. Uh, and this was something where, you know, no Trump people, no anybody had, the, besides, you know, us and, like, a very few small number of other people had, like, their eye on the ball of what was going on of everyone's looking over here at the scamdemic while they come in over here in the back door and you know and have trillions of dollars go to these mega corporations uh whether it was through direct payments through like cares act or whether it was through the federal reserve buying up their bonds i mean that was so i mean so i'm of the opinion this whole thing was a financial cover-up and you know obviously you know a lot of us were talking about wuhan institute of virology way back in the day and you've been interviewing dr judy mikovitz more than anybody uh, you know, first on the scene for her. Uh, so, I mean, so you got to look at things like, you know, you got like a 2045 project out there that is basically, you know, the skip to the end version of it is that they want to basically have us be like Avatar meets the Matrix by, you know, 2045. And, they, they, and they, I think you've got, you know, like the the blood thing, horny people, you know, the horny thing, whatever people that you always talk about who are, are in control of things. And so it's... Horny and it's, thing, blood dripping... Yeah. Horny horn, horny tail people. I don't know how else to put it, you know? Yeah, so those people, I mean, uh, you know, basically are in control of things to, to my research and or trying to be in control of those things. And and what do you want to do? If you were the devil, you'd try to, you know, basically destroy humanity, uh, remove what it means to be human, you know, alter people's DNAs, kill them off, have a world where it's, you know, basically merging men with machines. Uh, and so whether it's, you know, listening to the works of Ray Kurzweil, like the head engineer of Google, you know, some people regard him as like one of the smartest people alive. You know, he's openly talking about this stuff and saying that he doesn't believe in God, but wants to become God. And so, you know, at the very, very top, the skip to the end is they want to basically destroy humanity, limit the population to, you know, they argue whether it's, you know, 90% or 98% or 99% and have, you know, a few slaves left over to, you know, work on the robots that are working on the other robots. But, uh, you know, whether it's, you know, that, and I know that sounds, maybe it probably doesn't sound like too far-fetched for your audience because, you know, we already know about this stuff. But then they have, like, you no know, Agenda 2020 that became Agenda 2030. And so, you know, they've got some agenda of what they want to do. And they also know that, like, the average, you know, world reserve currency usually lasts for like 40 years and you know the last big change was you know 19 august of 1971 so uh you know we're definitely overdue for one I mean, we're at 50 years right now and so you know if the currency were to collapse today it'd be sort of uh you know basically like an a even above average in terms of how long it's been able they've been able to keep the plate spinning and honestly it's 
they've sort of been able to keep the plate spinning longer than I thought. But what's different this go around is they've got things like, you know, crypto this time that where, you know, there is some sort of, you know, escape valve for the people. Uh, and again, they could jack with the internet or they could have a cyber attack. And so that's why you should have some physical silver and gold and lead and guns and, and all that other stuff too and food. So, you know, it's not like one silver bullet to save you. But, you know, as a, you know, like last December, they print more money, like the deficit's more in one month than the entire market cap of Bitcoin is. Uh, and so that's probably going to keep happening where they're going to have to keep printing all this money, keep borrowing for the future. And so, you know, no one wants it really necessarily to collapse in their end, but, you know, who knows? They're, and, and there's so many different, like, ways that they could go about doing this, but, you know, it's whether it's, you know, merging men with machines at some point in the next 10, 15, 20 years. And I'm not saying, like, this is what I want to happen. I'm just saying, like, I'm reading their own writing, so, like, what they're trying to do and people funding this stuff and things like Elon Musk Neuralink and other Neuralink-type competitors and Boston Dynamics having, you know, you know, droids Scary running around. chase you down and get you robots. I mean, damn. Yeah, and so then, you know, whether they're trying to sign us on to the UN, you know, global agendas. But, you know, but ultimately, I mean, you can go to people like Augustus Carstens, the head of the Bank of International Settlements, that talks about having a digital currency where they can track, trace, and surveil you. More importantly, they can control you and they can block tr financial transactions, which is an exact quote. And, you know, and this guy's pr probably like 400 pounds, just like a job of the hut. Uh, and so you've got, you know, people like him, I mean, basically every major central bank coming out there talking about having some sort of CBDC. So, you know, what they're going to do is they're, they're, they need to find a way to like get people to like clamor the, for this and want it. And so what they're probably going to do is they're basically going to, you know, bankrupt most people out there, get them sucked in the dole where they're, you know, all of a sudden they're getting a thousand dollars a month from the government or two thousand dollars a month from the government or three thousand dollars a month from the government. And uh, maybe they have some sort of social engineering that says, you know, hey, if, uh, you know, 80 percent of your population and your town doesn't get the get the shot and you only get like $500 a month as opposed to 3000. And now you're gonna have these people who are poor coming after the people who are, uh, you know, who aren't getting the shots like ourselves and trying to coerce us or getting into fights or killing us or who knows what's going to be going on. And the Brookings Institute even like talks about this plan on their website of about the whole 80% thing and holding back money. And so they're going to bankrupt people, hold back their money and they might have some, because you, you need like the problem reaction solution. So, you know, and if you go back to like who created the Fed was uh, Paul Warburg. He was uh, uh, Danny Warbucks from the play Annie. And he said, we shall have a one world government. It's only a matter if it's through consent or conquest. And so they realized that it's not through the conquest part. I mean, we couldn't even beat down a bunch of Afghan Afghanis with, you know, you know, 50 year old, you know, uh, AK that was made to win. That was made to fight. Makes money. Yeah, we, yeah, we know that. Uh, and so, and so with that, I mean, basically, like there's no way like they're, they're just they, they want to basically bankrupt everybody and then come in with a you know, cbdc of saying oh this is a much more efficient way of giving you money and they'll keep the systems parallel and eventually they'll shut off the cash you'll just have the cbdc if they get their way and uh and then at that point they're gonna start social engineering you and say oh you didn't get the shot and so you're not getting your money or you didn't get the, the vaccine passport or you didn't get the whatever and so you're cut off from the system so they're going to use the money to help socially engineer people but then people are going to want this because they're going to be poor uh, and I mean I'm just trying to like game plan I mean there's many different ways that they can get you there and there'll be all sorts of black swans that we can't predict between now and then and what could go on but you know you'll, you'll probably write that it's going to be a food thing and 
Uh, you know, I'm glad I'm in Arizona, but you know, even right now, I don't feel like super safe, even being on like the outskirts of Phoenix. Like, I feel like I need to be somewhere like a lot more rural and just want to be left alone. But then it's like, well, then do they, do we get like a group of a hundred people? Then they, you know, then they, then they wake us or something. So, I mean, it's, there's so many different things, I guess, like to think about and ways you could be broken down. And so if someone comes to me, more like a million dollars and they're 65 it's like well you know do you have any food stored do you have you know any generators do you have any like like fuel stored i mean do you have any like this or that i mean so there's it doesn't matter if like your investments go up 10x but then you starve to death i mean so i mean there's there's that component of it I mean, if you have a million bucks you're probably gonna at least buy food at some point but uh, yes, but a lot yeah. of people <laughs> yeah hopefully uh yeah this week uh yeah you've seen articles where like container ships are going for like to rent a container ship for three months it costs 28 ferraris is like what the price of it's going for there's a zero hedge article on that today um and so like we're just like getting into this like planned engineered collapse where they know it's all going down so they need they can't just blame it on the underlying debt-based system they need to blame it on you know the russians or the chinese or uh the easter bunny or you know whatever the you know next that's funny the next the next uh variant would actually be called the new variants because we're on mu right now so in the greek alphabet new and u comes after mu so uh so the next variant will be actually called the new variant which is kind of funny but uh so yeah hilarious so uh, yeah, so I mean, whatever new variant they cook up and that they, or, you know, it's going to be engineered in the bodies of all the vaccinated and getting all sort of like people who, uh, you know, don't take all their antibiotics and it creates all these super, you know, antibiotic resistant, you know, organisms. I feel like that's what's sort of going on with people getting the shot. And the worst part about it is like, we're all going to be blamed for this too. So, you know, not only are we the ones like on the forefront of this trying to warn against it, then we're going to be people getting blamed for it. Uh, but, you know, it does galvanize more support when you got Biden coming out there and his patience is wearing thin and he's pointing the figure at us. And, the, uh, you know, clearly the guy doesn't know what's going on. And uh, but it's, you know, not to say that, you know, if Trump was in there, I mean, I would really like to see Trump like walk back everything he said about vaccines because people are like, oh, well, he's, you know, because that's people still get him covered like, oh, well, he's not as forward as he used to be. I'm like, well, we'll come out and say that. I mean, you guys want to speculate, you know, from here to uh here the cows come home, but you know, where is he coming out here and saying this? Yeah, stuff? he mentions anything about vaccines, he gets booed. I mean, you know, they as he should. Yeah. Hell no. I don't know what the hell he's thinking. You know, he should just shut up, you know, about the vaccines. The um the I want to get a uh an idea of how you're preparing your clients. I mean, you know, gotta get all specific, everybody's different, but you know, um, you're anticipating what? You're prepping them and positioning to what? They they could be a gazillionaire and buy more than one loaf of bread. I mean, you know what? You know, are you getting out of? Are you doing different markets? Is, I mean, is there anywhere to go? I mean, what the hell? And it, people that this is the one thing that I fear the most of friends that and family they have. Uh, counted on the government to take care of them in their 401ks or they got their retirement account. If I'm about ready to retire and I'm going to get some and I'm, I'm going to get, you know, a few thousand dollars a month. I can live on that and I can just go and buy a property up and I'm going to sit back and just chill and watch the world go by. And I'm going, you know, if you're counting on that, man, I, man, I, that's, that's not going to go well. And then if you go precious metals, they manipulate that too. And then of course they want to know, who got it and where they got it and, you know, give it back or so, I mean, you know, what are you thinking, you know, for a long-term investment strategy 
is what? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean obviously, it's like things that aren't really too uh, foreign to your audiences where, you know, I think people should have precious metals on hand. I think, you know, that they should have them. I mean, because the thing is, it's a different story if you already have a gigantic IRA or if you're, you know, 30 years old and you don't have an IRA and you don't have 401k savings. So I think there's like, obviously, there's different components of it. So, you know, if you're 60 and you've got, you know, an $800,000 IRA, it's different than if you're, you know, 30 and you're never in the system to begin with. And so, uh, but, you know, if you were already in the system and, you know, the average 65-year-old's got, you know, 40, 50% of his money, not necessarily your listeners, but, you know, but they have their money in bonds uh, and basically the bonds are paying them, you know, one or 2% and inflation, you know, even the admitted inflation's like five or six. So you're really still losing even three to four underneath like a rosy scenario. Uh, and so, you know, I think that there's um, like your son-in-law does stuff with this where, you know, I think certain annuities would like kick the crap out of bonds. And then also there's certain kind that would then give you like the, uh, like if the market hyperinflates up, you'd be able to get like your income reset up. So, th- so there's some components of this, like where you need to be able to have some stuff that's like safe where you can, uh, weather the storms because it doesn't matter like, if you have everything in crypto or you have everything like in Ethereum, like a lot of these ICOs did in 2018 and all of a sudden, or, you know, late 2017 and you raised, you know, a million dollars in Ethereum. And then all of a sudden your million dollars was now a hundred thousand and you're, you've got different payroll and stuff. And then you went, and that, that's called like a sequence of return risk where you're, the your order of your returns is actually more important than your average return once you're already in the withdrawal stage. And so, you know, it's different if you're like at the withdrawal stage of the game or if you're at the, you know, if you're trying to have like legacy preservation or if you're like just now in the accumulation phase. But, you know, if you're like 30 years old in the accumulation phase, you know, I wouldn't touch bonds, I wouldn't touch the dollar. I mean, if you're 30 years old, I'd probably just put it all like mainly like in crypto and, and obviously make sure you've got like some real assets. Like you've got, you know, like food on hand or you've got like generators or you've got, uh, you know, guns or ammo and stuff that they're probably going to be. Cause I mean, like a lot of even like this RV stuff, like I'm going through like looking at stuff. And there's all sort of like supply chain issues, which is probably no shock to your audience where you can't like a lot of things that you try to get that you can't get or sold out or way more expensive now than it was, you know, even three, four months ago. Uh, so. You know, I think people should have like some, you know, it comes down to like a food thing. So, you know, even in like the stock market type investments, I do have people in different commodities. Uh, you know, I've also, you know, taken like the same kind of approach I was doing a couple of years ago where I was buying put options on the S&P. So, you know, we ride up the S&P as they keep, you know, inflating it up. And then if they crash it all down, we've got like a certain amount that we can, that we can lose on there and weather the storm. Uh, but you know, there's not like there's like one size fits all for everybody, but you know, I'm still a big fan of Bitcoin, even though I think they're going to use like second and third layer solutions, uh, use solutions in air quotes here to, uh, to really kind of get people onto like lightning network and get it so that way you don't aren't in control of your Bitcoin and, and that they can, you know, basically block your transaction on like a second or third layer. Uh, so I see, and I think in El Salvador right now, like they're basically, they're having everybody download some, I forgot what it's called. There's some, app that they have that's like their lightning network so like the fees actually do cost like next to nothing right now but it's not like you're not using like the base layer of bitcoin or using like this other layer that they've got and, yeah, and I don't, central I don't really... bank i mean when they started doing lightning you look at it you can see moses is called a checking account in the central bank you know this is I, I can see where this is going they're going to say well the transaction fees are you go to a um, vendor on the beach in el salvador and pay him twenty dollars, and he wants to cash it in. It cost him dollars to do it. He's like, screw this, you know. So they got to put him on a lightning network. 
Well, like Bitcoin Cash or a lot of these others, you know, it's it's nothing to do it on chain. You know, just uh, that's how it works. Well, they wanted to keep it to where it could be uh, a limited number of transactions so that the miners, the central banks, the sovereign entities, whatever, will make a bunch of money. I just had Max Kaiser and Tone Vays on the same day, and they overlapped a little bit too. I listened to that as I was driving back from uh, as I was driving back finally from like Jackalope, and it was like super windy out, and I swear I remember exactly where I was listening to that. So they scared me. They they made it very clear that they this is you know yeah so you know and you know this is that that's how it's going to be. It's going to be high transaction. You got to use lightning. I'm going. How are you going to have a grandma just button? And, you know, the updates and the mechanisms you have to go through and everything with grandma and you're going to pay them in a universal basic whatever the hell money and the digital money of Bitcoin, which is I I don't know how they're going to uh, convince somebody to, to do this. And then it's surveilled. You know, this is that they could turn you off. This is the mark of the beast kind of stuff. This is the surveillance grid. This is it. And they started off with a small country that is U.S. dollar back. I mean, they linked their currency to the U.S. dollar. Now they got Bitcoin. So Bitcoin on the Lightning Network, U.S. dollar, uh, El Salvador money, it's all the same thing. And they put it into your phone and grandma's going to have to learn how to use a smartphone that is custodian of it. The wallet belongs to the central command. This is Lightning Network is a central bank. Somebody's got to convince me otherwise, because we saw this coming years ago. We've been warning of this. I go, damn Skippy, Bitcoin's going to come and be the digital money. Yeah, damn Skippy. Why? Because they were designing it to be able to be turned off, to be able to be surveilled, to be able to be cheap as long as they had control of it. This is not a wallet to where you have private keys, you control it. It's their wallet. It's like being on an exchange. And that's exactly what they wanted. And 180 degrees from what the promise was of cryptocurrencies. And when they roll it out in some country, how are they going to do it? Freedom for the individual? Hell no. You know, this is what's happening. So I, I and when I had Max Kaiser on, he's doing this tour around. The, and at the end, after the interview, we spent a couple hours uh, together and then did uh, with Tom Vase. And I was taking him back to his hotel. We were on the love bus. And I took him back to the hotel and he had a, a meeting um, uh, that night uh, at, uh, well, the next day was his presentation that we had tickets for. And I said, nah, I'm not you know, going to go. I'm not going to you know, give my tickets to somebody else. But that night it was at, uh, you know, a, a crypto place. That's a pizza restaurant that they take crypto since way back. I've been there. Yeah, Doug Hodges from uh, Phoenix Crypto, he has, you know, over a dozen ATMs around the valley and went with me to do a presentation in Hebrew Obergarden, northeastern Arizona, of getting the businesses up there when this lockdown comes again and they want to do it, man, they're going to shut off your credit cards. They're going to shut off your bank. They're going to, you need to get cryptoed up. Who's going to be the crypto guy? Who's going to start taking silver and cash? Who's going to be that guy? Well, we can help you out. You know, so they're starting to get religion now. Well, um, they had that meeting there, and he looked at me, 
Maxie's getting out. We were yakking and back and forth, and I'm giving him my concerns and history and how I know whatever. And he's kind of, damn it. You know, I didn't know he, like, knew, you know. And I go, he goes, um, well, just tonight, you know, it, it's it's for it's for Bitcoin maximalist. You know, it's for, you know, and basically, I don't think you should go kind of thing, right? You know, I'm going, don't worry about it. I'm not, I won't be there, you know, the whiz on your parade, you know, but, uh, you know, he did not want this stuff brought up because he don't have an answer. But he's just, so who is Tone and who is Max Kaiser? They're both Wall Street guys. They know how the game is played. They know how to pump and dump. They know how to manipulate whatever. They know what's going to, they know what the plan is. They know what they, them, those want. And they're perfectly willing to be out on, you know, just beating the drum on this thing to be able to, whatever resources that they have, they're going to be filthy, stinking rich at the expense of everybody else. I, you know, I'd I get along with everybody, but these, you know, and Tone just pisses me off. I mean, you know, he's a good friend and a good house guest, but I'm just, man, you're just, you're purposely being obtuse to these issues. And the Lightning Network is central banks. That's how they're going to, it might as well be a checking account. And you're going to see that you don't ultimately have control of your money. And it is a switch that they can turn on and off. And when they start using stimulus check, universal basic in your wallet kind of thing, just like we got two checks, almost for, I don't know, $2,800 or something for Donna and I, and it came in the actual form of a check. This was right before we left. So it had to be in March or something. And when we got this check, I just go, no, just give it to the IRS. You just take it. And we just sent it back to the IRS, and they credited us. I don't know if uh, Donna endorsed it or whatever, but it goes back to the IRS, and, okay, thanks for the payment. This next time, it just showed up in a bank account. Donna goes, yep, we just got another $2,800 pending in the bank account. And I'm going, whatever it settles for, whatever it comes out, the exact amount, $2,803.14, whatever the hell it is, just make a check out to the IRS and send it back, okay? And then I don't know if they credit it or not, don't care. The point is, is that if you take that money, if and the fact that they wanted to put it in our bank account, if you take it, is that some implied contract? Is that some you totally agreed? By signing here, you agree too. And I'm going, they always want that, you know, you got to, how do I take it out of my account? And, you know, and do what with it? I send it back. And I'm going, no, here, you credit, don't credit. I don't care, but I don't want it because I'm afraid of what comes with it. And if you're not, and what they're going to do is get you used to it, and they're going to go, yep, and how are they going to do it? I guarantee that the next dump of money is going to come in some crypto digital wallet money of you're going to have to learn how to get your purple script money from your smartphone, and grandma is going to have to learn how to have that. And it's going to come with customer service because we knew this was coming i got bitcoin customer service or services.com i got that because i knew that they're going hey is it does bitcoin have a customer service? everybody kept asking me when it shot up and all those years of us promoting it and giving them you know five dollars is now worth five billion you know they're going hey do you remember when you i go yeah i do and you forgot and lost your thing and turned in your phone or what yeah you know, is there a Bitcoin customer service? And I go, no, there's not. But I guarantee there will be, and it's going to be in these Lightning wallets. So I got Bitcoin uh, customer service or services.com. I got it in my GoDaddy or something somewhere, which that's another thing. 
GoDaddy's going to start, you know, confiscating and taking stuff. Don't think so. This happened in 94, 95, when a lot of our friends, it cost like $35 to get a domain back then. That was like a lot of money back then. So people were getting Madonna.com or U-Haul and FedEx and all this other stuff. And then they were selling them back. Well, then, of course, they, you know, just tried to take them from them and go, no, and I can, you know, take it away. When went to, It used to be who did the DNS server names was, um, I don't know, $130-something thousand dollar guy in Silicon Valley of whatever that ran the program, and he's dead. No, it just a heart attack died. Goes to Geneva, Switzerland or something. You know, United Nations of ICANN, International, whatever the hell. And what do they do? You know, they're deciding who does and who doesn't get and who gets turned off and the DNS servers. So now when we do the IPFS stuff, if you use a gateway, IPFS.io is a DNS name that's on the World Wide Web and it gateways into the IPFS. If you want to bypass that, you got to do um, uh, IPFS desktops that you can, it's an app that you load down and you just go directly to these noted networks of uh, data storage so that you can bypass the internet as controlled by they, them, those. Well, this is happening. We knew this was going to happen because it had to for them to maintain and enhance their control and intrusiveness and uh, power over the rights of the individual. They had to be able to do this stuff. We know this. How you don't know this, I don't know, don't care. So we went ahead and prepared ourselves for this eventuality. And what is always comes down to is what are you going to use your money for? I guarantee you're going to be buying food if it's available, if you got it, and you're going to have to be able to cook it. You know, what fuel are you going to use? You have sun ovens? Do you have sun? Are you going to do your electricity? My inverter goes out on the bus. I don't have electricity. It sucks. I'm like, man, I got a respect for electrons, you know? So this is... This is, we, we got to get prepared. And if you're not, you know, like, you know, Tim, you know, tell the people, you know, my, my, my sons, my son-in-laws, everybody there, they either got a trailer. My, my son-in-law, you know, I'm in his office right now. He went this weekend for a, uh, a men's Bible study retreat, a couple hundred guys up in Pine Top Lakeside, northeastern Arizona, even past Jackalope up there in the mountains. It was awesome. He had a great time. Hundreds of guys there, and he was one of a couple of people that brought their own trailer. While people living, you know, in the little cabins and little tents and little, he's like, yeah, I'm styling. I'm, yeah. I'm doing okay, you know. So when Tim Pachote goes up to Jackalope, you know, he's got a little enclave, everybody in their own self-sustaining of uh, we got it covered. You know, everybody else is, you know, showering with uh, liter bottles of water or something, you know, and going in. I had two, I had two showers, actually. <laughs> Oh, yeah, and you have one outside. So this is, you know, if you're prepped, but now if you want to try and do this, you might not even be able to buy it. You know, and even if you it was available, it's too expensive. You don't it took me eight months, like over a year and a half ago, just to get like that one thing that my hot water, instant hot water heater that like folded down into like this awesome like sink thing where it all kind of, you could probably do it a lot cheaper, but it looked 
really pimp and it's all like in this one like really kind of like small like container uh, that took like eight months like ordering that over a year ago let alone like today i'm not sure how long it would take with different delays today so i mean like a lot of this stuff is like yeah you want to get that until like you can't even get it anymore so and it doesn't really cost that much to like prepare a little bit ahead of time and then you know i want to be comfortable so it's like you know as long as homeboys like you're saying got electricity now. and showers and because i mean I was out there at Jackalope showering every day from like rainwater that I collected and that was and having like one of two different showers I had access to. And, you know, and it was awesome. Had like tons of food and, uh, you know, I was providing electricity to other people's trailers too. Cause I had like excess that I couldn't even use. Uh, and so, I mean, it was a good feeling when you're up there and know that like if worst case, like right now, month to month in my apartment. So, you know, if they want to piss me off in like the area that I'm in now that I can, I can move at any point. Uh, and you know, it's flexible. I'm still trying to figure out what I want to do. I've been going around different parts of Arizona since the last time I was on your show, just trying to figure out what I want to do. Just trying to figure out, I guess, for other, I listened to your show that you had on with like, I think it was Tony from like the air park. I was listening to that, uh, yesterday. Uh, I've heard shows you've done with like Rachel and some other, I've, yeah, I listened to like a bunch of shows recently. Been doing a lot of driving. So, uh, well, this is, you know, what we're doing the shows on is that one, it's coming. Like we had Dr. Alan Palmer right before you. And, uh, you know, this is neon flash and here we go. And uh, economically, you know, that's what the vaccines and what their intents are and, and uh, you know, the fear and everything. And then, of course, the economics, you know, we, we, we talked to you. We'll get, you know, John Snyzen on again and talk to him and, you know, and Schiff and all these guys. Just, you know, I, it's just, you know, confirming my bias or at least I – and and I'll and I'll take somebody that disagrees with me, but who? I you know I you know they don't want to talk to me. They want to talk to CNN and just blah 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 and BS into whatever. And I don't mind. I'll, I'll debate them. I'll you know it's like Kaiser and Tone. Yeah, bring it on, man. You know I just and when I Kaiser didn't know that I was going to have Tone on right after him because they're all simpatico, you know. Yeah, yeah. I have one guy, you know, BS, and you might as well bring the other guy on. And I go. Um. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm. We're gonna do it all today, Max. And he wanted to stay. He didn't want to go. He wanted to here. And I said, at least you know. Hopefully, you won't piss me off as much as Tone does. Oh yeah, well, don't be because he's just a Max. Will just BSing me. You're not gonna BS me, are you? Well, you know, of course, you know they do. I don't think Max will be on again. You know this. I mean, we ended you know cordial. I mean, we were nice to each other. But it's just I'm like, no, I'm not buying it. You know, I, I you won't answer the question. It's the same as dealing with these doctors or these uh, 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 representatives of the government or having a politician on. They just look you in the face and BS you. And I'm like, I, I can't, I can't take it. I, I, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm, I'm trying to see how many minds we can free and now asses we can save. So, um, are you willing to go to a intentional community? That's kind of the next leg of our trip now. Is kind of focusing on that. You know, that's why you were talking to Tony and, you know, we're, we're Camp Verde tomorrow and then we're going to Prescott and so on. That, um, you know, there's people, they want to do an intentional community. Of course, they want Ernie and Donna to go because, you know, like we like work and stuff. But I'm, I, I, I just want to be in a, you know, a town community. If I got my own private property, it bite me. I, I don't want to have any obligation to save your button. I sure as hell, you know, one thing that they talk about a lot, mutual defense. What the hell does that mean? 
You know, all of a sudden they come skidding into the community in their car and the sheriff on their heels. Am I supposed to do battle with them, you know, because they went and pissed somebody off? I, you know, I don't know. You know, what, what does that mean? So I, we have right now, Jay Noon is in uh, Henniker, New Hampshire. He had his child and uh, Child Protective Services want to come visit. Well, we, we want to come visit. We're just going to come visit. Make sure you're doing it right. We want to visit. And he goes, no, you're not welcome. Trespass, stay the hell out. What are they going to do? I don't know. How far, you know, the community is kind of rallying together behind them. But, you know, what are you going to do? You know, some guys volunteer. I will question them to death. They Their ears will bleed with me talking to them at the gate. <laughs> you know, so it's, I'm, what are you thinking? You know, what are you looking for? Where, where do you want to go? You want to stay in Arizona? You want to be in a community? You going to buy land? What are you thinking? Uh, because of my kids being in northern Phoenix, I, I feel like I should at least be somewhere in the state of Arizona. And, you know, whether it's, you know, I mean, I'm thinking I should be at least an hour away from Phoenix. I mean, ideally, probably longer than that. But then it's like the logistics of getting to see my kids and if things go down, trying to be able to rescue them, too. Uh, so, yeah, so I mean, I don't know exactly where I'm going to end up or if I'm going to, you know, have it like, like a bug out place that's more of like a summer home, but then keep a home here and, and you know, in more an ideal sense, or who knows, maybe have a place in Mexico and have a place in northern Arizona and see my kids with like my trailer that I can bring down to Phoenix. I don't, or do Airbnbs. I don't know. I mean, it's, um, I'm still trying to figure it out. And I have to divert for like one second, but I remember in 2016, you brought me to the Nexus Earth Conference and Max Kaiser was there, and I got him to like cut an ad for your show. Uh, but then you didn't want to ever run it because he was ever on your show. So I do have somewhere there's an ad out there that I've got somewhere where it showed like, hey, I'm Max Kaiser. I listen to the Ernest Hancock show every day and you should too or something like that from, yeah. from, 20, from 2016. Uh, yeah, and I, no, I, cut, I was, yeah. yeah, I was never on board with, you know, and you could tell, you know, when they're bankers and they come from Wall Street and they got their own agenda of whatever, they're serving i i yeah i just and when your real when your when your real first name is really timothy you can't trust those guys his real name is tim actually it's not even max well, oh well yeah you know and you know I, I he's entertaining and he said but after a while it got to be i don't know might as well it was like an, watching a you know, dial in a perspirant commercial all the time. You know, I, you know, he's like the, you know, the, the, the old spice guy. I mean, you know, I, it's, it's just, you know, bleh, 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 the same thing all the time. And, um, and I, and I understand I've seen this kind of thing before. And when you're older and you get, you just kind of sense trends and the type of people people are. I mean, I don't have any animosity towards any one person over another. It's just they get on the credibility level of, you know, who and what I want to promote, you know, with my audience. And I just, I, I'm just, I mean, and I don't want to beat them up and just slap the crap at them, which is what wound up happening. I mean, you know, I wasn't like mean to them, but I'm not going to get a, let them get away with BS. So I'm, I, I, I don't know where uh, this is going for like the show and myself. And so, I mean, at some point Donna asked me, she goes, when are you going to build a house? What time are you going to have to do this? You know, you're going to keep running Freeman's Phoenix. You're going to publish that. You're going to do all your activism stuff. The newspaper you want to do, you know, again, we're you know setting, putting that together. You, know, you need to get an article ready by mid-October, so start thinking about that. Then, um, uh, you know, we do the, the show. We're uh, traveling a lot. We're doing the activism. I mean, you know, something's got to give. 
You know, we got if we're going to be prepared for this thing, and then what? You know, am I going to start doing videos on how I prepared? And here I got a bulldozer and scrape this piece of desert, and I'm living, and uh, you need to too. And you know, I'm over here. Come get me. I mean, you know, we were at at um, you know Bob's place, and some you know uh, a couple of Hispanic guys, one old guy, like eighty something. I could tell they were they were casing the joint. They just went up his driveway, came around honking the horn. Go, well, we're looking for a scrap metal place of cut out in the top. BS. These guys are scouting. They are, you know, surveilling what's available. They're going to get some. And they had a big enough They just pull up the trailer and just pull it off. They were scouting. He goes, look, man, these guys out here all the time. You know, there's always, when he first moved out there, they uh, had a guy that worked inside the home, prefab homes, you know, the Palm Harbor two-by-six construction of triple whatever big 2,600-square-foot home he had assembled out there when he first went, they would knew where they were, went out, took out all the appliances, cabinets, and stuff, and just took them. Well, he caught them out there and chased them out in the desert, and the sheriff came out, blah, 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 and they found out what it was. The people knew it was inside information. They got to where they were going, or they just go to the county records office for permits, and, have, and they go out there and just... You know, take people's stuff in the desert. So you got to be there all the time. How many dogs you got? How much fencing do you have? You see, it's just, it's it's going to get bad. And you need to be, hopefully, at least in a community that can watch each other's backs or check on your chickens for you or something. So this is, this is we're getting into these times. This is not going to go well. And I'm I, fortunately, I think it's, um, uh, people are becoming aware of it, and they'll prepare and adapt and overcome and they go, yeah, we're just, I go, look, man. And I told him I was outside when they came by, and I said, you need to get going. He does not like people. He'd be out here with his rifle directly, which is exactly why I, get off my property, and just try to chew him away. But they were in a 350 or 3,500 um, um, Ford super shiny white truck of, we're going to come take your whatever. You know, I'm like, uh-huh. So this is, this is, starting to turn in to a Mad Max thing, and you can see the beginnings of it. And the people that are going to survive and thrive are the ones that got prepared and the ones that are willing to take from those that got prepared. You know, everybody else is just going to be roadkill, you know. So what are you going to do? Are you defending against a government, you know, thing? No. You're defending against the others that are willing to provide for themselves and easy pickings, they're going to come after those that, you know, have prepared and they got some. We have an uh, acre and a half or more, 1.7, something like that, north of Sholo. And we've had that for a long time. Nobody knows that we got it. It's done under a trust. We never even filed it. We just pay the taxes and it's we got all the evidence of it's ours and we can do whatever. Don and I went and visited it uh, as we were on our way from that air park in um, Sholo uh, going to Sedona event. And we went by, and I'm going, wow, this is a lot nicer than I remembered. I just went and visited, Bob and I went and visited once years ago. And uh, I look, I go, this is pretty sweet, you know, but it's remote. You know, it's out in the middle of the, some in a little, you know, kind of subdivision thing, but it's out in the middle of kind of a Tonopah thing up in Sholo. Well, winters are going to be harsh up there. It's going to be a pain in the ass, dirt roads, you know, getting to wherever. So how... Do we use that? Is that just going to be a summer thing or something? We just park the bus? Are we going to build domes? Are we going to? So there is a lot of things to consider. And if you have retirements, you're in your 401, 
you know, Ira K of whatever the hell, you know, do a commercial, man. They need to call you for what? How are you going to help them out? I guess a lot to, uh, lot to chew on there too. Like literally I was just chewing on an apple, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you sound like quite the conspiracy theorist talking about lightning and all this other stuff. I mean, are you just are you just implying that because lightning was funded by a company called Blockstream that got its funding from uh, AXA that then, I think it was like $70 million. And then the head of AXA was also the head of the, Henry DeCastries was the head of the Bilderberg Steering Committee. And that, are you sort of suggesting that they deliberately uh, slowed down Bitcoin and F things up so then that way you'd have to come in and buy their product lightning? I mean, that sounds... Absolutely, I mean, your tinfoil hats on over there. I mean, that's just a coincidence, I'm sure. You don't have to dig very deep, do you? <laughs> and then I, and I remember that I didn't even know who Tone Base even was, and I remember pointing out to you, like uh, a while ago, like probably four years ago. I was like, hey, I mean, I, I see that this uh, Henry DeCastries over here, or his company AXA, is behind Blockstream. And I, just by coincidence, the first company I ever interviewed for was AXA. And so like, I knew who they were in the big French insurance conglomerate. I knew that Henry DeCastries uh, was the uh, you know former Bilderberg steering, several time Bilderberg steering committee uh, chair and member. Um, and, and when he's not, you know, like Klaus Schwab is, I mean, for Christ's sakes. Uh, and so like these guys have a plan of what they're going to do. And what they're going to do is eventually they're going to try to cut you off for your money. I mentioned Augustus Carson's and when you were going on, talking i did find a clip of him i'm not sure it's only a minute long clip but somewhere in here so this guy is the head of uh the bank of international settlements for those who don't know that's the central bank of the central banks where they're like their own country in switzerland sort of like the vatican it's its own its own territory its own country it's one that not a lot of people are familiar with but anyways here we go this is the this is the head uh the bis general manager uh october 19th 2020 talking about how they basically want to have you know control of your money and be able to like cut you off so i believe this is the clip yeah so i mean basically it's the cbdc central bank digital currency that they you know right now don't have a way to track you know who's using this hundred dollar bill and in the future they're going to have the way to track it and there's another clip somewhere where it says we want to control people and we want to be have the ability to block financial transactions is like the ultimate end game in here and like they're not even like this is, they're coming no, they made out, it very like, clear. It. Right now, what he was saying, it was hard to hear. We couldn't, was, the volume wasn't very high. You didn't have it shared, but. Um, oh, sorry. No, I, okay, sorry about that. Well, do it again. It's not very long. Yeah, let me do it better, see if I get this. Because what they're saying is, is that, so you understand. Yeah, there you go. He goes, this is, it's only a minute, but his whole thing is, is that, we haven't been able to track financial transactions, and we want to. And this gives us technology to do it, and we have the authority, and we're going to do it, so get over it. You know? Here. And this is the head of the central banks of the central banks, just for context. For analysis on CBDC in particular for the use of general to the general central use, bank digital currency. Uh, we tend to establish the equivalence with cash, uh, and there is a huge difference there. Uh, for example, in cash, uh, we don't know, for example, who's using a $100 bill today. We don't know who is using a 1,000 peso bill today. Good. Uh, a key difference in, with the CBDC is that central bank will have absolute control on the rules and regulations that will determine the use of that uh, expression of central bank liability. And also, we will have the technology to enforce that. 
those are those two issues are extremely important and that makes a huge difference with respect to what she, to what cash is Right, yep. there you go. Yeah, no, this is, what is this? El South, Lightning Network, you know, Grandma Just Button, Bank of Smartphone of Digital Purple Money, Next Whatever. And when they say um, CBDC, they're, that is Central Bank Digital Currencies. This is coming. You know, people are talking about Bitcoin, this is how they're going to do it. Hell yeah, but that wasn't the promise. This is why we're like, nah, Bitcoin's not it for a long time. Everybody's been on my butt. You know, I'm going, nope, I, I'm Bitcoin Cash or some of these others or R, A, R, 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 the Pirate Chain or Monero or hell, anything else but Bitcoin. And when they went Bitcoin Cash and it forked off and they tried to keep the promise of what the original, you know, the promotion was of, you know, uh, uh, instantaneous and private and you control your own account. Um they went, you know, with what Tim was talking about, uh, DeCastries, what was his first name? Henry. Henry DeCastries is, was, you know, chairman of blah, blah, blah for a couple of years of Bilderberger. And his big insurance company, which is like the largest in the world, or certainly Europe out of France or something, funded $70 million that they gave to Blockstream, which was the development group of paid guys that came in and took over Bitcoin. And then it went back into the MIT, and they started, and we're done. I mean, I didn't need to go any further than that. I knew what they were doing. You know, this is going to be the central bank digital currency. And when they did Bitcoin Cash, they freaked, okay? Why? Because it had the word Bitcoin in it. They didn't want, oh, you know, you know, you know, uh, uh, Roger Veer, scumbag, if I can't, you know, hate him enough of blah, 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 and it's not the real Bitcoin or something. I'm going, what was the promise of Bitcoin? What, what were they saying they were going to do? This, this, and this. Well, it's not doing that anymore. So, you know, I don't give a crap what you call it. You know, a rose, you know, by any other name is still a rose if it's Bitcoin Cash. I mean, you know, so I was, I could see what was happening, and and a lot of people, they're just so... Financial incentive is very powerful. You know, they were in, so whenever I get Bitcoin, well, is it going to shoot to the moon? The bankers are, I don't know, probably, but I don't care. I take and put it into something else because what I think is going to have value is going to be privacy. It's going to be speed. It's going to be cheapness of transaction. It's going to be, you know, anonymity. It's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be all the promises that they gave us starting in 09 when we first started covering cryptocurrencies. So this, of course, it's going to be what they then those want it to be. They made sure of it. They got into it. They made it to where you had to have to make it usable as a currency. Then they say, oh, it's a store of value. It's a store of value. It's gold. You're not going to be trading it. I go then. What's its value? If I can't use it as a currency, then what the hell is it good for? You know, it's got a lot of work behind it. I guess is what to play like the tone base argument. And the thing is, I guess I mean, if it takes, uh, you know, if you had like a small amount of the Bitcoin network moved over to Bitcoin Cash, you could, in theory, you know, fifty-one percent attack it like relatively easily. So there's just been a lot more work in the Bitcoin, but it, it's going to be going into like the second and third layer is where they're going to screw you. So I, mean, I still think from an investment standpoint, if you're talking like purely dollars and not philosophy, like Bitcoin. Uh, it's probably like the safer bet to go, but then, uh, but then if you like, sprinkle it out what to the other ones, 
but yeah, then you sprinkle it out to the other ones that you mentioned, like you have Monero and, and ARR and you've got Bitcoin Cash, and you've got, you know, hedge your bets and you have like Ethereum and then some other Ethereum competitors because, uh, you know, Ethereum is doing something different than Bitcoin. They're not trying to be Bitcoin. Uh, I don't think, yeah, I think you have to like diversify, you know, what you're doing. And, and there's got, no and so, doubt in my mind, Bitcoin is going to shoot the F up. Well, the others probably. But there's also no doubt in my mind they're going to make sure that you did it and they turn Bitcoin into paper, just like they did gold and silver. It's going to be an ETF of blah, blah, blah. And they're going to make it to where uh, it's going to be surveilled or they're going to know that you did it or they're yada, yada. And this has already happened. You know, Coinbase and these guys, they got an IRS form of do you now or have you ever had? We need to know how much and sign here and under penalty. Like one of the first, it's like one of the first uh, questions when you fill out your taxes now, or, or if not like the first question now. Like, is that like right. a number? No, now they want 79, I think I read today, they want $79 billion for IRS enforcement, not so, like just across the board, not specifically for crypto. Uh, yeah, you know, 87,000 thousand IRS agents, 80,000 new IRS agents. Why? not about making the money they just print the money it's about control it's about them who gets audited who gets like the, the bugs they like, like the bugs life eat out their substance yeah it's not about the food it's about keep well, it will be about the food but it's not about keep not about the food it's about keep those ants in line if we let one little ant stand up and it'll all stand up you know like the classic bugs life uh you know line from a while ago but at some point i'll have to get going but there is like a couple other like things of propaganda that i wanted to point out yeah, and i knew do it real quick. Yeah. And I did. I did know that like a, a few months ago, like one of the rappers when I was when I was younger, that was like really famous was this rapper called Juvenile, and I knew that he did a like a and his like song that was really popular back in the day was back that you know back that ass up, and so they did a remix off of that, and I knew that they they called Vax that thing up, and it's actually and I never actually watched the video until recently and the video the it is next level propaganda like instead of like they're kind of like instead of like you know like having dollar bills going out they're having like vaccine passports going out and vax cards and and so it's only a minute and 48 seconds but the amount of propaganda in this because I I knew that they, like it was a thing and I'd heard like the lyric like backs that thing up but when I actually watched the video I was like oh my god like this is like this is how dumb they think black people are that they're just like, going to show them this video and like all of a sudden they're going to all get vaccinated and it's just so much propaganda. So if I could share it with you, because I know that your audience probably is going to be a little bit older than me, so they might not be like aware of this. But this is like what they're using in culture in order to try to like get people. To well, take is it shot. insulting to the minority community? Oh yeah. Matter of fact, all the comments are like. Most of the comments, like on YouTube, are like black people, like saying that, that these guys are sellouts and how much money they get paid, and this is the most embarrassing thing they've ever seen. It's actually it's worth it just to go to the video just to read all the comments on this. Is uh, you know is pretty funny. Uh, but anyways, if you want, I could play like play. It's only it's less than two minutes long, and it's just right, next level we'll propaganda. On, we'll end on this and then say goodbye. Go ahead. And that way, then I then the last thing I got to talk about is uh, me not being able to go on an airplane with a gas mask that getting kicked oh, yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Show your gas mask. Okay, so here for people who are watching this, I've got, I, I didn't have, I, I wasn't wearing the eye protection with it, but it's, it's M100. I've only flown uh, a couple, I flew, I flew once in March and I wore it and I got on the plane with it. Cause I'm like, you know what? If we're going to be stupid about this, then we're going to be, you know, we're going to do it right. Uh, Cause if, if the back things up, so I've got like the triumph right over here of, of 
things that I don't know if anyone else on the planet has done what I've done. Eh, not to sound like super cocky or anything, but in, in you were there when I, uh, in Acapulco in 2019, when I said, I'm going to go put on, I have to get my global entry pre-check interview and I'm going to throw on a mask for that. And even you were like, Hey, you better be careful. And I don't know if you want to be talking about this on the show and what you're planning on doing. And cause that was like a really ballsy move back then. So I put on a mask in February, 2020, cause I knew that there was this like pandemic that was sort of out there, but nobody was talking about it. And so I sort of had like cover for this and I wanted to see if like TSA knew what's up and they were living with me for wearing a mask in uh, in in uh, February 2020. Then I flew back from Porkfest, July 2020, not wearing a mask. And they were living with me for not wearing a mask. So first I had them mad at me for wearing one. They had them mad at me for not wearing one. And I was hoping when I flew in March that they would get mad at me for being too safe, and they didn't. So kind of like blew the, the wind out of my sails. But then I, I tried it again, and they wouldn't let me on the plane wearing the N100 gas mask. And I got them, and I, and I was secretly recording it, and I did get them to say, uh, we know we're just doing our jobs, and I made a comment about like Nazi Germany just doing their jobs. And okay, wait, 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 wait. Why? What was the? They want you to wear a mask. You got it has a because it, it had a ventilator on it. So, uh, that so mean? that would so like it's got like when it breathes, it's like the air coming out. I guess like isn't filtered, but neither is like other bullshit mat paper masks people are wearing anyways or cloth masks. So um, I didn't think of this at the time, but my mom told me it's like, well, you should have just put your the other paper mask over that mask, and then it would have would have been covered. But I didn't think of that at the time. Uh, but yeah, and then then meanwhile, like I'm also wearing a shirt that says like hashtag awake on it, and then on the back of it has I don't even know what it says. It says you know H1N1, swine flu, bird flu, SARS, Zika, Corona. Hashtag scare the scare of the year hashtag question everything so i mean every, every time i'm going through the air then the second time i was then i uh yeah it's a whole big story i want to give a shout out to two of our listeners too over here i know they, they watch my shows and your shows because they helped rescue me basically in philly because i got it's and it, long story short and it took it 25 hours to make it back to uh upstate new york uh to go there was no hotels left in philly and i got stranded there missed missed flights and everything so i want to give a shout out to dan o'neill and uh joe baratelli who and their wives and girlfriends who uh, basically helped save me and rescue me when there was nowhere for me to stay that night at midnight when I flew in. There was no hotels left. So thank you to both of those uh, gentlemen. And we, I was originally trying to meet up with like James Babb, Michael Heiss, and then my plane kept getting delayed and delayed and delayed and canceled and run around and all the BS that you'd expect. So then on the way coming back, my grandpa was getting rid of like these walkie-talkies. So uh, I'm like, hey, you know, I'll, I'll take those. So I had like five walkie-talkies, and I, and I didn't want to get stuck in Syracuse. So you know, it's one thing getting stuck in Phoenix, but I didn't want to get stuck in New York. So I, did, I didn't try the whole mask game, but I had it in my bag. And so I went, I had a long layover in Charlotte and then uh, to see my mom. And then I ended up uh, coming back through and this lady's like, uh, my bag's like setting off like all their like beeps and whatever. And so they're like, Hey, we got something in your bag. That's not checking out. I'm like, Oh, it's probably a bunch of like radios, which you know is a weird thing to have, I guess, in your bag. And so then like, no, it's something else. And they pull out my gas mask and it's, it was actually a black lady. She's like, man, you ready for anything right now, aren't you? And so I'm like, oh, I guess you can say that. She's like, what is it? I'm like, well, it's an N100 gas mask. And then she's like asking me about the gas mask and she's telling me about how she just bought food preps. It was only for like a day or two for like five people. I'm like, what's that going to do? Uh, but yeah, having this black lady in North Carolina as I'm wearing a shirt that says, uh, not my government in camo while having a gas mask in my bag and five radios. And it's funny that she was like actually like super nice to me. But uh, <laughs> it, was, it was, yeah, anyways, that was a, a somewhat uh, shorter version of the story. But yeah, it was, yeah, flying these days, it sucks. I'm like, all right, this is exactly where I got the RV. After 25 hours, I should have just freaking drove here. Uh, what a nightmare that was. But anyways, now we're getting back to 
Juvenile, I think the song came out when I was in like sixth or seventh grade. It was back that ass up. It was like a very, uh, you know, super huge popper song back in the day. And so in order to try to convince black people to get vaccinated, they're like, oh, what better way than to, it's actually, I guess it was like a black dating app that for like black singles only that then sponsored this video. But uh, I found that out afterwards. But anyways, it's next level propaganda. You guys have got to like watch the video just to see like what they're trying to put out there. Every time I watch it, like there's some new thing I didn't see before that uh, and the thing is, you're going to have like your palm to your head of like, oh, my God, like, this is so bad. So and insulting. That, you know, it is so I, insulting. I, I'm embarrassed, you know, for people of, you know, whatever their sexual orientation is or their opinion or their party or their race or their country of origin or whatever. They do this stuff, you know, pandering to them because they they don't have the, they can't figure it. They're, they're freaking whack, you know, and I'd, I'd be pissed off uh, so many times. All right. Well, well, prepare to, well, prepare to have your palm on the forehead of being embarrassed again. So here we go. All right. Do me. You're finna online day chat, find a mate chat, open up VOK ass, okay yeah, profile picture looking tight chat, nice chat, got your bio reading right chat, precise chat, but before you find a day chat, you gotta wait chat, gotta go vaccinate chat, get it straight chat, girl you look good, want your fax that thing, I'm used to have some young brother that thing up, they in real life, you need to vax that thing up, feeling freaky all night, you need to vax that thing up, girl you look good, want your fax that thing, I'm used to have some young brother, want your fax that thing up, they in real life, you need to it's even worse. Turn it up. No holding hands, chick. But when we get the shot, we gonna be romancing. Girl, you could be the queen at the quarantine. We could meet up at the spot and we could do the thing. Internet date chat. I'm the mate chat. Download the app, shawty. You ain't gotta wait chat. I love it when you hold me. Ain't playing emoji. You could be the young hot thing. I'll be the OG. Girl, you look good. Want your fax that thing. I'm using a handsome young brother. Want your fax that thing. Yo. They in real life. You need to fax that thing. Yo. Feeling freaky all night. You need to fax that thing. Yo. Girl, you look good. Want your fax that thing. Thing. I'm using decent looking brother, want to fax that thing up. And you fool asleep, need to fax that thing up. Heard immunity, we can fax that nah, thing nah, up. Nah. If you wanna get sticky and hot, go, 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 a go, get the shot. If you wanna smash some dude named Scott, go, 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 a go, get the shot. Now go, get the shot, go, go, get the shot. BLK says go, get the shot. You wanna smash with Scott, smash, smash with Scott. BLK says go. But like, half, half the comments are like, what brother's name Scott? Is that? I was like, so they're like, yeah, nothing says healthy like like trying to go have sex with random strangers on the internet, but as long as you got your vaccine. And uh, and luckily, little Wayne, who was when he was like 15 years old, was like in the real version, the original version of it. And then he was uh, luckily didn't get conned into doing this one. So at least he got some more respect from uh, from him. But yeah, that was just like such next level propaganda where they're like passing out the vaccine passports, like they're like they're like dollar bills in a strip club, and they've got like herd immunity flashing across the screen. They've got and it's just yeah, nothing. Yeah, it's just like it's so insulting. And the thing is, there's like other, like I could show you more videos like that. So it's just so crazy that this is like, like somewhere in a boardroom, like, oh, how can we get black people to get vaccinated? Oh, we know. Let's trot out some, you know, 50 year old. Well, it's because they're so hesitant. They're a low percentage of the black community is getting vaccinated because they know the man lies to them. I mean, you know, it used to be that you'd had Native Americans, new white man lied. You know, now they're just saying, yeah, whatever, just pay me off and we'll get, and that's how they're, really doing it is they're just giving you money you know it's like newsom election oh yeah isn't newsom's election today or something 
I have no idea. I don't. I don't pay attention I to that. I was just reading. I was just reading the comments because these are like the funniest comments ever. If anyone goes online, they go read them. But luckily, yeah, it's like uh, by and large, everyone hates them. But yeah, I don't trust the election anyway. Like, oh, they've got some. Uh, you're still using the same, you know, voting machines that can be hacked or paying you know, off f- people. Uh, fraction they, magic. And they had some stimulus that we got. Ooh, we bump our numbers, man. Just give. Oh, we got envelopes where you can see if you want to be recalled or not, like inside the envelope. But there's some yeah. like hole in there, and like, oh yeah, like I really. No, uh, yeah, like I'm really holding my hope out for that. And then there's still people thinking, oh, well, Trump's going to run again. I'm like, oh, well, do they still the same bullshit? Uh, you know, are they counting, unless they're counting by hand or something, even then I don't trust it. So it's like how, I mean, at least, you know, I, I don't watch like really any sports, but like, at least now like I'm seeing there's like F Joe Biden chance going around everywhere. So at least, you know, at least I guess that's going on. But and Fauci's you know, freaking out all these college and NFL games and people, you know, aren't wearing masks. I don't know if they're, they have a vax requirement for the universities going in the state. I don't care. Yeah. So my, so my, yeah. So a lot of my family just went to like the first Syracuse game within two years. And, uh, you know, I could care less about any of this stuff. Uh, but my cousin used to be on the team a few years ago, but yeah, in order to get into the stadium, you either have to have a negative COVID test within, within three days, or you have to have a, uh, a vaccine pass passport, like the Excelsior pass they have in New York. And you've got to have a mask on. So it's like, you know, screw you guys. Like, I don't, I didn't even care going to your shit back before all that stuff began, let alone afterwards. So, um, so yeah, hopefully that they suffer and hopefully people stop going to these games. But like, they just had like a $140 million renovation. So, you know, and they still got like, I don't know, like 30,000, which, you know, for Syracuse, who knows if that's good or not. But, you know, hopefully people still, stop supporting all this crap and and you know like if it's for me like oh watching people throw a ball around the field and i need to go get vaxxed up or something i mean yeah obviously that's a non-starter you know i think that the thing... raiders sorry raiders what the raiders i, I heard i think in, L- in los angeles uh or not uh, i think it's las vegas i think they have like the actual like vaccine like like shots like in their parking lot and i think the only way you can get in is if you're vaccinated so like they literally have like and you know there's gonna be like drunk people out there who are gonna go have some beers like oh i didn't get my vaccine go get their vaccine to go watch you know a bunch of overpaid men you know <sighs> run around on a field like it's just it's just so frustrating like being someone that doesn't pay attention to any of that stuff and now like all i've paid attention to is like the whole economic collapse and studying, you know, the Bilderberg group and all these different, uh, you know, trilateral commissions and event 201 and everything. And then, you know, seeing all Fauci, like my grandpa the other day, like he didn't want to hear, he's like, oh, well, Tim, you believe what you want to believe and I'll believe what I want to believe. Like the problem is you don't know 99% of what I know. And I know what you know, because you're just watching the TV. But I'm like, can you tell me about 201? He's like, I don't want to hear it. And there's like a big family dinner. I'm like, well, you're going to hear it. And he's like, no, I don't want to hear it. I'm like, I'm like, the longer you keep denying you want to hear it, the longer my spiel is going to be. So you can either hear like the two to five minute spiel now, or you can keep going and I can give you the filibuster on this. Uh, and it's like, you know, and then like Fauci, I'm like, oh, you see Fauci's emails came out today or not emails. His, uh, well, those already came out. The uh, 900 page like eco science thing came out. He's like, you know what? Like, people will, you know, there's other people that can argue the exact opposite thing of what you're saying. I'm like, yeah, because those people are getting paid three million dollars a year and bought off by big pharma and a bunch of whores. And like, I'm telling you, the actual like that they funded all this stuff first through Fort Detrick and University of North Carolina, then they made it illegal, then it went over to uh, you know all stuff that Dr. Judy's been talking about for years and what these guys have been up to. And and it's just like he like even my own grandfather was like, you know, I don't really want to hear it. And I'm like, you know what? How about you find one thing that I, one out super outlandish thing that I'm saying, which is a bunch of them. Find one hole in it where I'm wrong, and you can take me out of the will. Take, like I've got nothing to gain, stuff to lose. Find where I'm lying on this. Find where I'm exaggerating on this. Find where 
uh, you know, go read the 900 pages, go read, you know, and he's like, well, I don't want to hear it, you know, cause you got your facts and I got my facts. I'm like, the thing is you don't have facts. I'm like, what's, I'm like, what's a MRNA vaccine? He's like, I don't know what MRNA means. I'm like, oh, so you're fully informed on what you're putting in your body. And you don't even know what MRNA is after you got the MRNA shot. And so, you know, and I think a lot of these doctors should be held criminally negligent and liable, like not even telling their patients what MRNA is and any sort of crap. Like you didn't even get a vaccine. You got like this like experimental gene therapy bullshit in you. And like, I, it was pissing me off. So here comes testosterone Tim out again, like seeing all this stuff. Like with my own family where I'm like, you know what? Fine. I'm like, and I was, and at the end of it, I'm like, you know what? You guys are like 80 years old. You're going to die soon anyways. So it doesn't really matter with you guys, but you know, what about your kids and your grandkids? And I'm, and eventually I'm like, you know what? Their, their game plan is to cut me off from society because I didn't get the vaccine passport where I can't go to a grocery store in you know, a couple years down the road. And he's like, Oh, that's ridiculous. And eventually he got so pissed off at me. He's like, well, fine. You know, maybe you should be cut off from society if that's, if you're not willing to keep people safe. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'm done going back to New York. I don't know. Like this, at least out here in Arizona, everyone's got guns. And I think it's going to be harder for them to, uh, I, I was disappointed in Arizona too. I mean, without you being here, I mean, everyone were pussies here. And I was like the only one walking around without a mask on in the grocery store. And it was very disheartening to see how much everybody laid down in the supposed. Yeah. Wild they, when we, Donna and I came back during um, the holidays last year, uh, I was really surprised at the compliance. And so we knew, you know what? They need a bunch of freeway signs, you know? So we did, you know, a big sign campaign and so on. And I don't know if it was the direct result, but it definitely had an impact on people, you know, not feeling they were alone, you know, and there was some resistance. And then when we went around rural Arizona starting to do it, you know, a lot of people, I don't think they understand the power of signs. You know, it's just so you're not alone and it makes you feel empowered. At least you got to have a say and you don't have to be confrontational. You go, you make them in your own home on in your garage or on the driveway or at the park and then you go put them up at two in the morning where nobody's around or whatever nobody sees them the next day and they well they take them down i go so you put them up again i mean you know, i you know big deal you think we haven't gone through this before with the evolution so it's it is empowering but it's it's and it is a responsibility i think for a lot of people just to kind of you know help your neighbor but at some point if you don't know by now, you're willfully ignorant. You know, you're 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 causing you know a lot more damage, you know, to you know yourself and your your family and so on by just trying to go along, get along. I don't know what that is. I don't know how and you look at uh revolutions and uprisings and movements and all that, and it's always a teeny tiny small percentage of the people that affect real change. It's, it's and I made that point too. I'm like, I'm like, you know what? All you guys who already got the vaccine, already got the shot. I'm like, you guys have already taken yourselves out of the game. I'm like, historically, it's only been a very, you know, a small one to three to five percent of the population that's, you know, really affected change. Anyways, it was like three percent of people that wanted to. Because uh, at one point, my grandpa was like, well, you know, you're in the extreme minority. I'm like, well, good. If I'm ever in the majority, you know, someone should whip my ass because you know the majority is basically wrong all the time. So, I mean, go back to Nazi Germany. You were in the minority if you didn't believe, you know, in Nazi. And go back to you know the slave days. You know you were in the minority if you didn't believe you know in slavery. You know go so go back to the history and the countless examples that we can give. But you know just look at the agenda we're, in, we're underneath right now. I mean uh, you know it's an extreme minority that's gotten us to where we are now, and so it's a really an extreme minority that can just bring us back the other way because most people are sitting on the sidelines and they just want to 
be in the rat race to keep, I don't want to be in the rat race, but they're in the rat race to put food in their table and they're not, they're too busy to do all this stuff and they haven't been, you know, studying this stuff day and night for years and years and years. And, and I really took the last few months off. The only show I've been doing has been yours. It's easy because you put it up and I don't do any work, but you know, I'm going to be coming off of the little retirement again here soon. Uh, because I feel like we're like in this eye of the storm where, you know, we had talked about this and Josh and I did videos talking about how they're going to eventually kind of like let the slaves go back out to, you know, get some, you know, semblance of like normalcy and then blame the people when, you know, we go into the winter time, people start getting sick to blame the, you know, unvaccinated and then they'll lock us down again. But, you know, you can't, uh, you gotta let people, you know, have some sort of normalcy. So that way you can encourage them to get the shot. Uh, and so now, I mean, who knows? I think they really have created some sort of monster or there will be like a monster or whatever, you know, a new variant that comes out here uh, because, you know, it's going to be like some like super resistant, whatever. Uh, so people better start getting healthy and, and, you know, your health is going to be more important than your wealth. It doesn't matter if you've got $10 million and you're on your deathbed, uh, you know, throughout all this stuff. And so, you know, there's things that, that people can do and you were talking about different oxygen generators and I was uh, searching that afterwards because uh, I didn't have one of those, you know, after, after your show, you did with Frank and, you know, just, and, and I was, you know, back in January, 2020, when I think I had this actually, uh, you know, I was taking elderberry and taking all this other stuff. And then all of a sudden, like a month later, you couldn't find elderberry anywhere. Uh, this was like February, 2020, March, 2020, where it was going off the shelves. Uh, so yeah, people should get, yeah, I don't even know. And I've been rambling now, so I don't even know where we're going on all this stuff, but yeah, it's a small major minority of people have always affected change. And so most people are always on the sidelines doing nothing. And, and then eventually I think there's some sort of quote where it's like, you know, a, First, a patriot is feared, scoffed, and scorned. Uh, but then, you know, then eventually, like everyone's going to be on your side. You know, when when you know there's no political cost to doing so. And so it's you and I and your listeners who are getting the arrows and all this stuff. But you know, eventually, you know, at least there's you know maybe if they all kill themselves off, there's going to be you know good real estate for sale or good uh, you know yeah. properties. But you know, it's sort of like a gallows humor of like, all right, well, you know, how can I look at this positively? But uh, you know, my thing is, I haven't really kind of any direct opposition it's just you know the way i approach it i i'm i'm like i'm not trying to com convince you i just want you to understand why i'm so convinced and that's been my method i'm going well this is why you know what do you say to them okay yeah, you got your opinion well that's not what i think well, well you should i go well no this is why you know so the discussion is a benefit to the audience but it's more difficult and i got less patience for it to have people come on that disagree with me because I don't think there are that many, you know, that we can talk to. I mean, somebody, you know, that can come on and explain their position and why I'm like, bring it on. You know, it's, I got a bunch of questions for you. They don't want questions. You know, we just had nine 11 and mine, they'll go, Oh, the answers and the true, whatever the hell. And I, and I, I don't care because they never answer my question. I had one question when I first started doing uh, radio, I had one question. Where did all the molten metal come from? They never wanted to talk about that. They'll talk about any and everything else, but weeks after, you know, excavators are pulling up, you know, the metal is dripping freaking molten steel. And I'm going, what the hell, the energy to have that and it be pooled in lava lakes of freaking molten metal, that had to have a lot of energy going. And it wasn't burning jet fuel. I can guarantee you that. So, I only, I said, look, yeah, that's all very interesting. On my show, I started in February of 03. And, and, and what, what's your view on 
you know, 9-11. I, I got one question. Where did all the molten metal come from? Oh, Saudi Arabia. I go, yeah, that's all very interesting. Where did all the molten metal come from? And nobody would answer it. It wasn't for a couple of years later, two, two and a half years later, that we had, uh, I can't remember his name. He was a professor at uh, BYU, Scott uh, something, I can't remember. Um, he found out what it was. It was nanothermite. You know, they and then we just had a story this weekend of one of the guys that Platten planted the detonation for the towers, you know, had a thing that I read it or look at. I don't care. I put it up. I, you know, I know what happened. You know, they had something, energy went in to sever the call. You could see them cut at angles, you know, to make that thing come down in its own footprint. This is just neon flash. I don't need architects and engineers, which we've had on quite a bit. Richard Grove coming on. You know, not Richard Grove. Um, Richard Gates, I think. Gage, Gage. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, I was saying, I was saying Gage, Richard Gage. Yeah, Gage, Richard Gage. Gage coming on, you know, talking about this. We've had him here in Phoenix. I, I get it. You know, but I don't need these guys to, you know, like freaking convince me of neon flashing, duh. You know, yeah, here's the, you know, the evidence of the nanothermite in the, you know, because it's an oxidation um, of uh, the thermetic result of how, and then nano, it's just smaller aluminum particles that's real fine atomic, make it go really fast and blah, 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 blah. And it creates molten steel. And there was so much of it that it was just lava. And these guys are like, yeah, we planted it. We were special for thought we were doing America and kind of, you know, and I'm the guy that, you know, now it doesn't matter. They go, yeah, well, you know, we, we caught them. You know, we, we, yeah, we're not going to do that anymore. That was the bad guys. At I'm like, oh, shut up. This is yeah, just just like they caught ISIS K supposedly, uh, and then it ends up being some, you know, family. Uh, yeah, my shock when it turned out to be some like family getting water and not, uh, you know, not ISIS K, whatever that is now. So, I've been um, screaming that one thing forever, and I and it was amazing to me how no one would bring it up, and it wasn't until I was on Air America producing with Charles that. Uh, uh, finally, um, the Brigham Young University guy came out with this and just laid it out. You know, he said, this is how they did it. And all of a sudden, boom, he gets canceled. He gets, this has been going on for a long time, and it's always exposing the lies, uncovering the secrets and exposing the lies. And I don't know how else to to do this. I mean, you know, my biggest criticism that I get, even from my supporters, is um, uh, how come I'm not rich? How, how, how am I not monetizing this? You know, why, why am I always, you know, uh, um, counting on, you know, like donations and, and patrons and subscribers and, you know, large donors and all this kind of stuff? How come I can't monetize this? Why aren't you monetizing this? To whom? How, how do you sell out on that? What, what, do you, what do you do? Well, you can still what? You know, they do. I've been through this. They specifically make sure that you can't. Ask all of the deplatform, demonetize, de-incentivize, de-everything, everybody. Stop. I'm, I'm amazed that I'm able to keep bringing this stuff up. And I need to, as time goes on and I get older, I'm going to have to, you know, take care of business. I'm going to have to, you know, like move on to something, something. You know, I, I got to. 
uh, all the activism. We got the website that takes hours a day, hours for the show, hours for the activism, hours to keep the bus going, hours, you know, for you know personal life. You know, hour. Man, I'm I'm running kind of thin here. So what do we do? You know, I need to focus and pick something. And what would be the most advantageous? A lot of people want, you know, what we do with Freedom's Phoenix and to keep people informed, but. You know, I'm for like, you know, how to grow food, but there's plenty of that out there. So so what do I do? You know, what I do most and fewer people do is just to provide some inspiration, some incentive, you know, for people to not feel that they're alone. And that's where the sign thing comes in. That's where the site comes in. That's where the newspaper comes in, that people feel alone. I know that feeling. I know the inspiration power it has where somebody does a little something to say no. To stand up for something, sometimes you just got to sit down and go, no, I'm not doing it. That is power. And I I can see it, and it's nothing you have to do. You just don't do anything. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm for that. You know, I want to get thin. I just stop eating, <laughs> you know, which is harder than, you know, you make out. But, you know, this is um, – I'm, I'm glad you're around, Tim, and you've been a big add, you know, to the information that we need to kind of weather this. But um, it's getting better. I mean, you know, a lot of people, there, you know, the, the, the frog got the blowtorch on the, on the pot. You know, they're starting to jump out. But um, – uh, it's it, it's it's not just going to go away. And the bad guys, even if we prevail and we push back, and you know they 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 arrest Biden and put him in jail or whatever, you know, fictitious you know event that might never that's never going to happen. You know, um, and it might. You never know. Um, that's not really the win. The win is us. We're the ones that are perpetuating this. We're the ones that are allowing this stuff to happen. And I don't know anything else to do than what I'm doing to try. I'm going to die on that hill for my grandchildren and my children. And and they probably appreciate it a little bit or whatever, probably mostly their mom. But, you know, I'm, I, I'm not going to be a prophet in my own land. You know, I get they're very tolerant and they, you know, got their own things. They're getting ready and they have a lot of respect for, you know, what we're doing. But, um I don't think I'm going to benefit as much as, you know, my grandchildren are from this effort, which suits me. I'm fine with that. You know, I'm, you know, I'm good. I would prefer to be Liberty in my lifetime, you know, and be just left alone. And if they wanted to get me off the playing field, just leave me alone. But they're not going to do that because they can't, they don't know how, you know, they got somebody out there advocating for leave me aloneism, and they just, you know, they got, nope, you can't be left alone. So, um, I guess we'll keep doing this. Well, as time goes on, we may make changes in different things and how much time and what we emphasize. But I don't know what else to do. I, I I wake up thinking of this stuff. I go to bed thinking of this stuff. I try to you know enjoy my life and you know have a good relationship with my family and my wife. But um, this is important stuff, and we've been doing this for over thirty years, and it was all building up to now. You know, I was Tim Pachote back in the day. You know, I was a young, thing, good looking kind of, you know, whatever. And look what you see now. So I'm going, so my whole thing has been to keep on doing this because I feel I have a responsibility to my family to do it because I, I, you know, who else is out making signs, inspiring people to just say no. I'm sure there's a lot and everything. I, I, 
because we can, that's what we do. So we're going to keep doing it. And I appreciate the efforts that you make too, Tim. So we'll just keep doing it. You know, thanks for coming on the libertyadvisor.com. I'm publisher of freedomsphoenix.com where you can go to get inspired and concerned, but you definitely will be informed. Peace, Tim. Peace. Thanks for having me on. See you later, man. Better.